I want to talk about his emotions, human emotions, things that Jesus wrestled with, because we're going to end up getting into this, this combination uh, of, of things. And there's a lot of human emotions. I, I'm not going to focus on every one of them because, I mean, Jesus goes through a wide range of emotions. Um, there are a lot of emotions that Jesus expresses that could be seen through his divinity. In other words, uh, we could talk about his compassion. Right? That's an emotional response. But God, the Father, has compassion. That's not, that, that, that doesn't show anything about humanity. But I want to talk about some of the emotions that Jesus shows that are expressly human. Th- things that, that God, the Father, I don't believe has. I don't think he experiences this because we're going to get into the why it is important for Jesus to have these things. And, and as we as we go through these, these are some of the ones that, that people say, well, this doesn't this doesn't really show a, a divine God. So I want to begin um, in John eleven thirty five. Why don't we start over here? We're back to this side picking on these guys here. Katie, if you could read John eleven thirty five. My brother got in trouble once for saying this was his favorite verse. And uh, <laughs> you see, you know what it is. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. See, she knows the story. That's the one everybody memorizes. Yes, that's why he liked it. He said it was easy to memorize, and he got a spanking. So, uh, good times. So sadness. Now, I, I think God experiences sadness, but I think God's sadness, typically when we think of God's sadness, when he expresses it throughout the Old Testament, how is, what is the sadness that he's typically expressing? Okay, disappointment. In what? In why? Okay, it's always around spiritual things, isn't it? Up until John eleven thirty five, <clears throat> then God expresses in human form. Christ expresses profound sadness, expressed through human means, tears. And what is this sadness over? Okay. I, 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 that that's possible, but but that's not his. He's expressed he's expressed things that at people's lack of faith before, and it's never come out this way. I mean, it's not to say that we are we're we always do the same thing from the same. Like, okay, I'm sad. I'm going to do this thing. We do different things. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, what, what, what precedes this sentence, this statement about Jesus? What, what's going on? If you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he was the Christ. Okay, so do you think he felt personal hurt at this statement? I, I think as a human, 
I, I think he felt personally hurt by the statement. I don't know if he felt he made a mistake because we crossed the line into does God know he's doing right things, you know? But extremely close in a personal way to Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And Lazarus, I think so. Right. Family. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of things going on. I think the personal hurt at like, you know, like I thought we were friends, you know, kind of maybe like almost not a betrayal, but oh, that that cuts pretty deep. And then just the, seeing perhaps the loss, you know, knowing that it's going to turn out positive and yet seeing how much these people are hurting. It's like, oh, if you can only wait like a couple of days or whatever, you know, and seeing that and knowing that. Uh, and knowing that you're doing something, have you ever done something that you know is the right decision and it causes hurt to somebody? He's doing something for a reason, a spiritual reason, and and seeing that this is causing someone pain in the short term, I think that that hurts him as well. Uh, I think he's going through a range of emotions that he would not as God in his divine form, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's one. Um, here's another one. John chapter 13. Julian, you want to read John 13, and we're going to read verse 21 through 24. Through 24. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to his, this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. I see two things that are interesting emotionally in here. One may be more obvious than the other. What do you see in this about Jesus? He was hurt because hmm. he knew someone in his inner circle yeah. was going to betray him. Yeah, I, I think there's almost an anxiety when he says this, you know, over that. Like, this has been a buddy. We, we, we retroactively make Judas a guy who's been bad the whole time. <laughs> and he wasn't. That, that fact is borne out by the idea that nobody, like they didn't jump on and go, oh, psh, that's Judas. <laughs> you know, like no one said that. You're like, is it me? Hey, Judas, I think at one point was genuine and, and somewhere went off. You know, whatever, there's any number of theories as to why, but but it's hard to be with someone constantly, I would think, for three years and not know if they were faking it the whole time. You know, like on a daily basis and not think something's up. And no one thought anything was up with this guy. So, so I, think, I think he was genuine. So, so if he wasn't, it would be, I think, easy for Jesus to go, yeah, well, he's gone. 
Well, in 27, it says that Satan entered him after yeah. Jesus pointed him off. Yeah. It's like he finally let himself kick over into, I'm gone. And also because Jesus knew the outcome. Yeah. So even though salvation and forgiveness and all that's available to everybody, yeah. Jesus knew he was going to not accept that that could be true after what he yeah. was going to hang himself in. Yeah, he sees the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's this anxiety going on. What what else happens in this this story? There's a reference in here that. Okay. What is doesn't he love all the disciples? Do you think? So why does John get this? But John is writing it. John's writing it. To me, it would be a little different if Peter said, oh, that's the one that he loves the most. Yeah. So, what does Peter do in this story? To do what? what why, why not? He figured Jesus would tell John. Oh, see. see. Like his best Jesus has a best friend. Well, I thought there was no partiality with God. Well, there isn't. Spiritually, there isn't. <clears throat> You could be impartial and still have a best buddy. And I think Jesus had a best buddy. I, it, for whatever reason, maybe maybe John is just that kind of guy that, you know. I know guys that have lots of best friends. Like, they're everybody's best friend. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, maybe John was that kind of guy. They're just James, friends. With, yeah. James had to have been as well, maybe not as close. Yeah, maybe. It makes me wonder because James was the first one that was, yeah. So why not, you know, have brought somebody else in that lasted a little, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting that they were close enough to. And uh, similar to like Catholics, that they have a best friend who's not necessarily a family member, they might make them the godfather. Okay, so, sure. That's kind of just passed the buck up with uh, Mary over sure. to John. Yeah. And his death from the cross. Yeah, I, I think there's a number of things that Jesus just shows this special closeness. <clears throat> No, just because the repeat that repeated reference, the disciple whom he loved, and, and I don't think I don't think that's because none of the other apostles ever referenced themselves that way. Uh, you know, Matthew, like yeah, John stole it first. <laughs> yeah, that, that, like 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 even James, like James references himself through John or through Jude, the the writer, not James, the John's brother, but. But like, like there's, there's like circles. There's like, like so. It, it's not. It's it, and see, we. I, I think we resist because we don't like the idea of partiality. That that butts up against partiality, and we don't want to think that. No, I, I don't think that. For me, that's not it. For me, it's. I think it's more natural to think you have closer friends, depending on the circumstance that is at the moment. You're going to reach out to a friend that you know in a certain circumstance that has that you have a certain commonality in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a friend that you're going to talk to if this happens. Yeah. But if there's something else happens, you're going to have a closer friend that you talk to with that. I think Peter and John, 
probably James were the closest sure. three out of them. Yeah. But is that true, or is that just because that's the right? That yeah, and and it's not to say that. And this is, this would be an illustration of the the non partiality. I I, I I I personally believe that these references show that 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 John was maybe more emotionally close to him, and yet Peter's the one that gets the the benefits of kind of being the leader of things. John, John's never the leader of I things. Peter as the oldest. I don't know if he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Peter's a couple of spaces away. I think they just found out one of them's going to betray Jesus. They have to believe him because yeah. everything he says is coming out to be true. And I think they probably all looked in this circumstance, the way I'm kind of reading the description of this circumstance, they all kind of looked at Peter saying, what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. How do we do this? And yeah. I think Peter waited for it to calm down, and Peter looks yeah. at John and goes, yeah. just quietly, just yeah, yeah. you're leaning up against him, you can whisper Could be. in his ear. Because because Peter's Peter's clearly going to be like, like after after all of this is over. Jesus says, "Listen, Peter, you're going to have to be the one to to bring everybody back in. That's, it, it's not going to be John." And and I think that's part partially because of the age factor, like you mentioned. John seems to be younger. The fact that he lives till ninety six seems to indicate a young young. And, and that could be why he's close to him. Maybe he's just taking him under his wing, and he's he's a really young guy, and he's spending a lot of extra attention. There's any number of theories, but but it, there seems to be this human emotion that that not everybody gets treated exactly the with the same emotion. There's there's this different emotional connection that Jesus has with John for whatever reason. Yeah, could be. Right. Himself, yeah. Right? right. But he's not gonna. He's not gonna write a lie. I'm not saying that it's right. a lie, but I'm saying that if he had a lot more opportunity to, and I'm not gonna say embellish, but he got to choose that phrase, right? Right. That it's not like Jesus chose that phrase, and he's like, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna refer to me. What should when I? Write I don't know. They, they might have referred to him that way. Oh, that's the disciple Jesus loved. You know oh, that, that that's Jesus. But uh, who knows? Um, but I want to continue on here. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Adelaide, if you want to read Matthew 26, Uh, are you in the right? 26. Matthew? Are you in Matthew? 26. Yeah, are you in 38 and 39? 38. Okay. Okay, and while we're, we're on that, this subject, I want to um, turn over to Luke. Luke. 
We're going to turn to chapter 22, I believe. I didn't put this backwards here. Yeah, Luke, uh, Travis, if you want to read Luke 22 and verse 44. So <clears throat> this got mentioned last week, but but um, as I say, it was in my notes. So Mark always reads ahead of my notes. Um, what's going on with Jesus? He knows what's coming, and he knows it's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it it is deep. This is deep fear. God had to send an angel to comfort him. Yeah, this is deep stress. This is. Th- like I said, this is a there's a medical condition under severe stress. It doesn't happen frequently, and Jesus is one of few people to go through this. This level of intense anxiety, uh, and and um, to, to we we have the phrase to agonize over something. That's actually the word used here to agonize. He was in agony. Like to, to, to be in so much anxiety that it causes physical pain. That's intense. That is intense. I don't think that, that God can experience that in his divine form. I don't, I don't think he has the apparatus for it. I think he's just above that. And we're gonna, I know that sounds like we're, we're saying God is inadequate. or we're, I'm not. I'm saying... This is something that belongs to a lower life form. It's not something that belongs to him. And we're going to see why. Uh, there's one more. Um, yes? So, I was going to understand that it wasn't just about his death on the cross, but when he actually did all that, the guy kind of turned it back on him for a short period of time. Okay, we're going to talk about that right now. So, now Travis is reading my notes. <laughs> So let's turn to Matthew chapter 27. That, that, that's, that's a great segue to this, to this passage. Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> and someone read verse 45 and 46. And I'm going to jump back to the book of Psalms here, and then I'm going to read that right after. And if you want to know where I'm going, I'm going to Psalms chapter 22. Okay, now, so many things have been stated about this verse, and I want to kind of straighten them out. There's a lot of assumptions made because right after this, there's darkness, and people connect those two things, and and sometimes two dots are not meant to be connected, especially in a straight line. so, So I want to jump back to Psalms 22. This is a quotation. First of all, if, if it's in italicized or it's in a shorter margin in your Bible, it's because it's a quotation of Psalms. So, this is from Psalms 22, and it's in a different version, So, but you can tell what it is. 
He says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and my words from groaning? Now, if I were to read this whole psalm, we would see so many pictures from the crucifixion. But I want to read, I want to jump down in the text of Psalms 22. And then I want to go through why I think Jesus said this. I do not believe that God abandoned him. So when he said so, just hold the thought, just a moment. Because I want to read verse 24. He has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but he listened when he cried for help. This is, the, this is kind of the, the starting of the wrap-up of this whole text about the prophecy of Jesus on the cross. Do not believe that Jesus is expressing that God in, in, in factuality turned his face against Christ. There's a lot of biological things that go through, but that, that's not the point. I think the point is he had those feelings of it. I think Jesus is subject to human emotions. And at the moment, what David feels, what David expresses, his, he knows the scriptures. This statement speaks to Christ in terms of what he's feeling. Have you ever known something to be one way and it feels the other way spiritually? Why is Jesus not subject to the same thing? He's a human. He's God, but he's in human form. And he is subject to all of these things that we are subject to. God never turned his face on Christ. That's prophetic. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't feel that way. Did you, you had a thought? I was wanting to ask you which chapter you're going to read. Oh. I will say this. Said this is in italics and it is. Yeah. Generally, when it is in italics and it's in written form, it means he's saying it in a different language. Okay, that, that, that that's might what be. This is. I mean, I'm yeah. Reading. Well, sure. So, so, it's true. Yeah. He is, he's crying out to God. Yeah. He, he's he didn't want to right. So. So he's, he's quoting this, so, right, so, and, and you see it, he's, he's quoting this in, an, in a different language, so it might, I don't know if it's um, Aramaic, I don't, I don't know. Um, Jesus spoke in Aramaic quite a bit. Um, but, so I want to look at this mixture. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. We, we've now seen a lot of these these emotions that Jesus has, that, that abandonment and, and, and anxiety and, and camaraderie and all these different things that I, that I don't necessarily think that, that in, in that exact way that, that God himself in his divine form experiences. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. If someone, uh, Kate, uh, you want to read that? Oh, I'm going around in the circle. Okay, Rashka, my bad. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Yeah, this this is a verse that is of much uh, theological uh, importance and, and has caused a lot of theological problems in the history of the church. This is one of the ones that, see, see he's God with us as God was born. So, so this logical idea that God, Christ is God at birth, Mary gave birth, so Mary is the mother of God. That's, it's, it's a, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, see? And it's all nice. And unfortunately, God is higher and more confounding than, than 10th grade math. Right? So um, that's not how it works. But, but we do have an idea here. Now, first of all, this idea, the, the idea, and I said this before, that it's so easy. If you turn a page or two, you're going to come across things that make this impossible to believe. The idea that, that Jesus was human until his baptism or whatever, and, and then he became God. He was God at birth. That is the way. We're, however we explain that, however we come to be at peace with that and theologically, that's where we've got to get to. We know that too because at age 12, he was in the temple yeah. with some of the highest educated people in the law and right. he was debating. <laughs> well, and beyond debating, after three days, they were just straight out asking him questions. <laughs> they like gave up any, they gave up any, like, or, <laughs> We recognize that you're the smartest guy in the room, and you're 12, which means you really haven't started your formal training. That's kind of a miracle. Uh, now, to, to be fair to those people who have that view, miracles don't mean you're divine, because the apostles did miracles too. So, uh, so, so you know, theoretically, that, that could be a sign that he just had a miracle, whatever. But, but it is certainly amazing. That, that event is, is, has so many details in it. Um, when, uh, when this argument came up, Augustine was the one who presented it. Augustine, the father of many lies. Uh, though he meant well. Uh, he just came from it from a pagan... He came to the Bible from a pagan background. So he brought a lot of those biases to the Bible. And, and that's... Uh, uh, unfortunately, he's fathered many religions. Um, many things have splintered off from him. Many viewpoints have splintered off from him. And, uh, and, one, and, and so his references... That, that Jesus is, uh, that, that Mary is the mother of God, what they call the Theotokos, and um, the, the God-bearer. And so there was this dispute. A man named Nestorius said, so th- th- he's like, he's arguing. Well, Augustine was a better arguer, apparently, because they won. And they had a council over this, because Nestorius is saying, this is not true. Now, Nestorius had some of his own kind of ideas over on the other end of things. But Nestorius made a, a, a prediction, and it, it's a very accurate prediction. He said, if we call Mary the mother of God today, we will worship her as a goddess tomorrow. In France, there are more shrines dedicated to Mary than there are to Jesus. There's an idea within Catholicism that says that if you pray to Mary, Mary says, hey, God, hey, Jesus, 
You pay attention to this one. This prayer is important. Like, what? She's a goddess. Maybe not by that name, but she's a goddess in Catholicism. Why? Because she's, listen, the mother of goddess, that's a pretty high important standard. That's a, that's, that's a position to have. She's almost above Jesus. She's, so, so there, there are so many heretical views. She's, in their, in their liturgy, she is called the mediatrix. That's like mediator, but the female form. They said when, when, when Jesus died, she died. Like spiritually for us. So in, in, in Jesus' death, she dies for us. It's like they've, they've just kind of stapled her in the back of the book there. There are so many horrific things that come from this. We, we, that's not what this was intended to say. That, that's not the point of, of these verses. And it's hard because we're trying to squeeze divine and human into one body. And, and, and we're having difficulty. And we're not the first ones to have difficulty with this. Luke chapter 1, verse 43 through 45 is another interesting one. Uh, Becky, if you want to read that. Luke 1, 43 through 45. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Okay. So, so something about Jesus in this womb makes John the Baptist like jump and like, like, like there's this thing happening. This divine, like, there's some presence of some sort inside of Mary that, like, this baby's like, it's it's a weird thing. I I don't get it. I don't understand it, but now, it's did like. Elizabeth, did Elizabeth already know that Mary was pregnant? Or, or did she get that on the spot? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I was going to mention that Elizabeth was told that Mary was going to be there. Yeah, I mean, but. But, but when the, she, knew she was pregnant. Yeah, that's. See, because Mary's likely coming to help Elizabeth. Here's an old lady who's pregnant. She's come, like, all of a sudden, guess what? I'm pregnant now, too. And this, the time frame is she can't even be showing yet, you know. Because there's six months between John and... And she stays a couple months before the birth. So, so, so she's, she's a month or two at the most into this pregnancy. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, I think puts this, puts this to rest. This idea of partial, kind of maybe little, some Jesus, or half and half. How do we figure this out? Um, Bonnie, uh, you want to read 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. All of it. He was not 50% human, 50% God. That's not how it works. He was all human, and he was all God. This is the fullness of deity dwelt in bodily form. We talked about what he emptied out. He did not empty out his identity. He did not empty out his nature. He, I, he, he emptied out the form, what it looked like, some of the conveniences of that. But he did not empty out the essence of his existence. He is the fullness of God in, in human form. So we get to then the why. I think we know the why, but... We'll look at just two passages here, and both in Hebrews. Tim, you want to read Hebrews 10.5, just snuck in the door, I'm going to, going to nail you here. I know what you're going to have, Okay, we'll, we'll skip you, play on the spot. Um, Ray, you want to take Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5? What's the purpose of his body? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. He's prepared a body. I, I've got this body ready for you, God. It's got one purpose. Ultimately, this body is for the purpose of being sacrificed. Because I, I, I'm really not into the cows and the sheep and all that. that that's not really going to cut it. And, 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 and I want to look at, that idea is found also, it's found throughout Hebrews. Um, whenever the, these are, Hebrews is a book of comparisons. It's what it is. Old to new. Uh, and so, um, Kay, do you, you want to read uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, and we're going to finish looking at two purposes for this combined nature, made a little bit more specific. Hebrews two fourteen through 17. Okay, so, so there's two references here, and they're fine in either order. What are the two ideas for the reason of Christ's humanity, or his divinity in human form specifically? He needed to have flesh and blood to share with us what we're going through. Okay, 
I, I think that's where this passage focuses on. Now it picks up from the other idea to conquer death. That's the, that's ultimately the most important one, right? And that goes back to the passage Ray read that a body is prepared for sacrifice. So this body, the in, the the primary purpose of it was for death. But in that, Jesus could have just come. Let's get this done and over with. Let's uh, ch- check the box and get on with the show. And I'm getting back. I don't know if that would have worked. You know, according to the plan, whatever God wanted to work was going to work. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying. So he he could have done that all with death and resurrection. He could have done like, okay, I'm not going to go down there Friday. I'll be back Sunday. <laughs> Won't even miss tea time. Right? I, I I mean, I, I suppose he could have done that. Other than the fact that there's all these prophecies about his life and stuff, but God could have pre-rearranged those. That wasn't the plan. God wanted more than that in his body. So before the ultimate objective, which is the death and resurrection, he's got these other things along the way that he wants Christ to accomplish in a human form. And that's, that's, though that's not the ultimate goal, that's not the most important thing, that's, this text kind of focuses on the continual life of suffering, of weakness, of these human emotions that he, that he had never experienced before. Anxiety. I wonder what that was like the first time Jesus ever went through that. Like, wow, that's weird. Man. Or, you know, like, like these, just these things that he goes through. Friendship and... But different friendship. Different friendship from, from I've been a friend with Israel and I've been a friend with... From, you know... Di- yeah, different. Different. And it's making it meaningful. I think it's making it meaningful to him personally, but but for us. Gus has kind of got that out of league vibe to him where we can't really fully relate to him because he's not human in that sense. But right. Jesus, for the first time, we see someone who's suffered, who uh, gone through the same temptations that we have. Right. It makes it more relatable and we can connect with him in a way we can never do. With right. And I, that's the point. He can understand. It makes him... To, to, to be a high priest, he's, he's a faithful high priest. And that's the, that's the passage. That, that's the idea. High priests were just one of the people. High priests were a human that sinned. They had to go through. And they had to go through and first make sacrifice and atonement for their own sin. Why? Because they understood what it was like to be it. Now, Jesus was like that, yet without sin. That's the only exception. But he understood what it was like to be tempted. People say, well, he wasn't really tempted because if he was tempted, he could sin. And we, we couldn't have a... Because for us, the connection of sin to temptation is inevitable. Right? We think if you're tempted, you're inevitably going to sin. You're gonna, Because no one's ever seen someone not do that. Except Jesus did that. And so there's, a, there's this feeling, I think, that we want to say, well, he wasn't all of that. You know, like some, he had some special thing that kept him from sinning. Because he had to be this faithful high priest. It's like, no. 
he had the capability to make the wrong decision every bit as much as I do. He had to. That's the whole point of this passage. It says he had to. He had to be a human with the possibility to fail so that he could be a faithful high priest, so he could understand what it's like the temptation says, so, so that he can communicate from a personal level, not that God doesn't understand it intellectually, but so that, that he can communicate with God. It's like, listen, I know this is exactly, let me put this into God language, what it's like to be in this situation. It is difficult. Right. We couldn't relate to him. If he came down on Friday and went back for tea time on Sunday, we would definitely not be relating to him, right? Right. Yeah. He would be, you know, probably akin to the Roman gods and the Greek gods and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Maybe just admit, maybe you believe it, maybe you don't. Right. It's just you spend a certain amount of time during the week or month or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. I agree. I mean, so we're going to conclude there. So thank you for your comments.